This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Laura Fitzmorris. Dr. Fitzmorris is both the Chief Medical Information Officer. She's also the Interim Director of, of Emergency Services at the Children's Mercy Hospital. She's had this magnificent 20-plus year career at Children's Mercy. We've talked about that, about her priorities currently, and advice for leaders, and a little bit more. Dr. Fitzmorris, can you take a moment and introduce yourself? Yes, good afternoon. I'm Laura Fitzmorris. Um, I am work at Children's Mercy Hospital and have been the Chief Medical Information Officer for the past 10 years um, and more recently completed a role as President of the Medical Staff and now Interim Division Director for Emergency Services. And, and talk to us for a moment. You've been at Children's Mercy for 20 plus years. Talk about what a magnificent career and maybe a handful of pivotal moments in that career that led you to where you are today. So I actually started um, at Children's Mercy as a pediatric resident um, and was not planning to stay, um, but really enjoyed my time and finished my residency and then stayed on to do a fellowship in pediatric emergency medicine, um, which was a difficult choice between that and critical care, but I never regretted that decision. Shortly after completing my fellowship, I became involved in um, administrative and leadership roles in the emergency department as the assistant director and then the section chief of emergency medicine as it grew and then proceeded on to be the division director. Also during that time, I completed a second uh, fellowship in integrative medicine um, to add to just some of the skill sets to use in the emergency department as well as working on a, a master's and MBA. Um, then after that career move, I started moving into the department roles as associate um, chair um, for clinical affairs in the Department of Pediatrics, um, and then finally decided to leave sort of the clinical role and started the program for medical informatics um, about the time when I was a um, champion for the EMR, when the EMRs were getting us off of paper, um, and decided to start the new role and develop informatics at our organization, which I've continued to do and then got into the chief medical information officer role. And then more recently after COVID hit, um, I was asked to rethink about helping in the emergency services because we had someone leave and they needed some help until we get a new division director. So that's kind of a nutshell of all the things that I have done over my career time here. And, and, and take a moment on, you've got this career that involves this remarkable amount of constant learning, going back to get an MBA, doing a separate fellowship in integrative medicine. What, 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 what drives that? How did you become excited about that? Talk a little bit about that, about the constant learning and how important that's been to your constant career development. Well, I would say that I am a lifelong learner. I've always been that. Um, being the oldest of seven children in my family, um, I was always kind of in that role of continually learning and developing people. Um, and so I think most of the time I was thinking about balancing involvement, um, guiding people, and then parenting roles. I'm also a parent. So just figuring out how to keep myself balanced um, as well as helping others and helping lead others by my example. And I kind of 
always think about, um, I'm a big um, motivational phrase type person. And so one of the guiding principles for me is from uh, Lao Tzu, who said to lead the people walk behind them. And that's what I always think about. And, and another question for you, the, the oldest of seven, the what character traits come with that? Are you the best behaved or the worst behaved? <laughs> That's a really good question. You know, more recently, um, I did, I've been concentrating on strengths just to verify. Um, and I don't know if you're familiar with the Clifton strengths, but to me, um, it's a good thing to keep looking at your profile as you grow. Um, there have been lots of different tools that I've used over the years, but um, being the oldest, I've learned how to think about individuals, um, but also be able to help develop and lead. And um, also as being the oldest, you're an achiever, firstborn, eldest, kind of, you look at all the psychology and having been a psychology major in college, it's, you're the achievers. Um, and I think the biggest thing for me is being positive about that thinking about that positive spin about it. And, and with the six others, is there one that never listens to you and one that will always follow your lead or is there not that kind of dynamic? You know, not really. And as we've gotten older, we're very close. So everybody, probably when we were younger, it might've been a little bit more tenuous, but we've all remained really close and we all listen. I don't take as much of a front seat as I did in the past with the family. We're a little bit more collaborative now. I mean, that's probably part of the readings of Latsu. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is that you no longer have to be out in front and everything. You let them lead as well. It's magnificent. So talk about now at Children's Mercy, CMIO role. Talk about sort of what's exciting about that and top priorities in that role as CMIO. So right now um, in that role, my probably what my number one has to do with helping provider workflow with technology so they have more time with patients. And I know that sounds kind of trite because ever since we started this, if everybody needs to get on technology so that we can actually share information and people can see it. And that's important, but I think COVID made us realize that we need the social interactions. And yes, telemedicine, I was part of that, getting us all so that we could see patients virtually, but we need to have that social interaction, even if it's a limited one with lots of PPE. Um, but um, I have a project called Project Hope that my team is using helping optimize provider efficiency. And so in the pediatric world, our volumes have decreased. So this is a good time for people to start um, improving their efficiencies that maybe they didn't have time before when they were too busy. And so that's clearly my number one. Um, and to that end, um, the next thing, priority of mine is to develop and coach the next generation of those doing informatics because we're moving from a, everybody's on the EMR now. They, whether they've bought into all of it or some of it, there is, they're doing electronic work. So what's next? How can we help people? Is it artificial intelligence? Is it um, crawlers in the background for predictive analytics? So developing those and coaching those who will be taking that forward and then the third that just as important is improving patient and family engagement with communication um, with healthcare. And some of that will be improved with the Information Blocking Act that goes live as of today, um, the first part. 
And so I think it's it's a matter of helping patients and families feel engaged in their health care as well. And in pediatrics, it's unique because you have an intermediary, um, a parent or caregiver, who's actually getting the information and then translating it. Um, so I think that those are my top three priorities for today. And, and when you look at the CMIO role, how much of it is investigating and looking at new technologies versus coaching and working with physicians in the existing technology, how much of your job ends up being sorting out what information services, what apps, what modules, what systems, versus just really working with the data you have and working with your physicians and your colleagues and so forth? What's the mix of technology and applications versus people skills versus just you know, talking to people and persuading and, and, and working with them? I think probably the highest piece is people skills. <laughs> the technology piece, um, I also have colleagues in information systems that I can run things by. I have um, associations with vendors that, um, like our EMR vendor, that can help me with that. But if I can't relate um, and communicate well with the my colleagues in the area, then it won't happen. Because you can give great things, great technology, but they need the why. Why are we doing this? And it's not good enough to say, well, because there's a regulation or CMS wants this. It's why are we doing this? And it's about the patient because the patient is still at the forefront. That's the true north. They want to be helping patients. So how is this helping them help patients? And and let me ask you this question. How much of the the work is CMIO, do you set, how do the priorities get set that you set? Are they sort of, or, or how do you choose what services to add on or software to add on or, or technology to use? Do you get pushed by different service lines or is it really a, a different way about going about it? So I would say um, we have, I would not say totally unique, but we have a very um, good system here where I have a dyad counterpart on the nursing side, my CNIO, the two of us meet, but we had developed many years ago um, sort of uh, teams. So we have an ER urgent care team. We have an ambulatory team. We have an inpatient team um, that includes our intensive care. We have an anesthesia, and then we have a neonatal team. So those teams meet, and then we have what I would call, what we call the provider approval team that can go through that and determine whether things um, need to get just from provider side. But then we meet together to try to set up our priorities. So I, there's a whole IS priority roadmap um, because we also have the financial piece. So our EMR vendor is also our um, patient uh, accounting uh, EMR as well, and they all connect together. So we've started having sort of layers of teams, and the ultimate is our executive um, sponsorship. So we look through and look at our priorities to see what roadmaps we can do, Um, and then that's tied to um, the finance side. So if there's a capital um, cost or if it's just resources, we have a whole project management tool that we use today. And that's evolved over time. So when we started, it wasn't quite as formal, and it's become more formalized as we get, as we grow, and we grow more and have more projects. And, and one more question. I mean, the last year or so has been an, 
incredibly fascinating and challenging year on so many levels. You've had this remarkable career, really punctuated by this constant learning and evolution, really a remarkable career. What are you most excited about in 2021? When you look at this year, what excites you the most about this year? I would say that we're starting to get back to what's the new normal. And what do I mean by that? So I think that um, people have been um, sort of thrust into a virtual reality for a period of time. And they're starting to feel more comfortable um, that COVID is sort of getting a little bit stabilized. The vaccines are out. And so now we can start looking at what can we do? But we also realized that we are resilient enough to be able to do all of our informatics and IS stuff virtually. Um, people wanted to do it, and there was some concern about being able to accomplish the same amount of tasks virtually. And now we know we can do it. So socializing to help people feel comfortable is just kind of the next step. But I do think that we've proven that the same number of projects, the same number of opportunities can get completed. And it's really more about that socialization and human uh, interaction that we will be able to get back into this year. And, and the, the final question, I, know I promise this is already the last question. Now, there's a famous quarterback named Fitzpatrick that's always called Fitzmagic. Do you ever get teased that you're called Dr. Fitzmagic as well? Um, I have not been teased in that way. There have been, been other comparisons, but not that one, um, which is an, an interesting one. And I think one of the things that I will have to say, though, is I think it's important for people to go to where things are happening, which is why I'm excited about 21, because you can hear all kinds of things. But when you go to Gemba, which is the kata term from um, the lean work, um, the Toyota lean work, you can actually see and ask questions. Because if you're constantly emailing or hearing from other people, you're not going to get the same picture as when you actually go and see what's happening. So I think that's really important um, about being a leader. And then also looking at the uniqueness and individuality of your staff, because not everybody hears things in the same way. So, no, I think that's a fascinating perspective in terms of leadership. And, and I, I will, I'll be the first to call you Dr. Fitzmagic because I just love the, the, the work and the work that you do. But, but, but the advice to leaders, this concept of, oh, my goodness, you can't just start all by text and so forth. You've got to talk to people. You've got to see people. You've got to see what's going on. You have to visualize it. You've really got to feel for it. it. It's so, so true. And then to listen and build teams is so important. Any other advice for leadership? Any other advice? I mean, I, I love the concept. I'm, I'm not familiar with the term. Would you tell me the term again from the Toyota Lean Signal? Going to Gemba, G-E-M-B-A, going to Gemba. Going to Gemba, okay. And and so mm -hmm. the, um, and what does the Gemba stand for? What is the going to Gemba? What is that? It means going to the source or going to the place where your frontline staff are actually doing the work. Got it. Makes sense. Okay. And any other advice that you'd give to leaders? I would also say to take care of yourself and be positive. And I like the term of servant leader. So as long as you need to be full and ready and positive, and then that way you can help your staff as well. 
That's fantastic. Dr. Fitzmorris, I want to I want to thank you so much for joining us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. What a pleasure to visit with you and hear about your career. Just magnificent. Thank you very much. Thank you.